What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, everybody. It is Sunday Fun Day. And we've got plenty of NFL action to cover today. We actually have the start of the World Cup. I'm actually recording the World Cup preview as well. But for those who didn't get my thoughts on part one of the World Cup preview, uh, the host nation, Qatar, is hosting Ecuador today. And just quick thoughts, Qatar is not very good. Uh, I have my thoughts on why you shouldn't really be betting that game, but, uh, I would expect if everything goes above board and according to plan, Ecuador should win, but, uh, I will leave you guys to salivate on what I'm saying for the preview as to why I am avoiding betting on any games involving Qatar in general, but, Without much further ado, let's talk about uh, this NFL slate. Uh, And the main game that people are talking about is Cleveland and Buffalo, but we'll get to that one in a bit. In terms of the 1 o'clock games, you know, let's get uh, knock some of these out of the way uh, early. Carolina traveling to Baltimore to play the Ravens. This is a brutal game. Uh... It's a 41.5 total. I don't know how this game actually goes over because Baker Mayfield is back under center for Carolina. And for those of you who were not watching Baker Mayfield quarterback this year, he's even worse than we could have imagined. Because I told you guys Baker was being hidden about how bad he's been playing by how good the Cleveland Browns offensive line is. Now that Baker's in Carolina with a worse line, worse talent around him, it's just highlighting how bad he is at QB. Now, on the flip side, the Ravens are banged up. Lamar uh, Jackson has been sick all week, it seems. They're saying uh, he's been battling an illness. Uh, He's expected to play, but... You know, he's sick. 
Mark Andrews is still banged up. No one really quite knows if uh, Mark Andrews can go the full 60 minutes with the shoulder, amongst other ailments. Uh, and the thing is, at this time of year, everyone's hurt. No matter where you're looking at different teams, everyone's got some type of ailment. But there's a difference between hurt and injured. And part of the issue is, I think Mark Andrews is actually injured. So even if he's uh, starting today, and the expectation is Mark Andrews is starting, I still don't think he's a hundred uh, near a hundred percent to be like a productive Mark Andrews. Yeah, can he play? Certainly, but I'm kind of struggling with uh, how Baltimore's moving the offense. Uh, you know, granted, we know Carolina got rolled by the Bengals earlier this year in that ridiculous Joe Mixon five touchdown game. Yes, that happened. I still consider that game an anomaly uh, because when you look at that game, the Bengals were playing at such a gr- elite level blocking-wise that they haven't even come close to since. Like, I don't know what read they got on the Carolina snap counts uh, just defensively and just being able to block those guys, but they were blowing up holes left, right, and center. But if you look throughout the rest of the year, Carolina's been pretty solid defensively. You know, I like the under in this game, and I don't know how Carolina actually breaks 10 points today. Yeah, maybe they get to 10. I don't see them breaking 10. And I don't think the Ravens completely blow out uh, the Panthers either, even at home. I don't see how this game hits uh, 41 uh, and, a, uh, and and goes over. I, I just don't see it. I mean, yeah, could Baker throw a pick six? Certainly. Um, fumble recovery, yeah, and a, sh- a short field score touchdown. Yeah, even with all that, I don't think the base offense for the Ravens is playing well enough to, to get there. I, I just don't see it happening. So in terms of fantasy options, I, I have no one to recommend. I don't even recommend playing Lamar in DFS. In regular fantasy, yeah, you can, you're, you're playing Lamar. I mean, it's Lamar. But in terms of regular fantasy, yeah, you're, you're playing Mark Andrews. I just don't like this matchup. And it's like, for what? And, you know, the receiving core, I mean, it's basically Demarcus Robinson, not much else. I just, like I said, I got issues with the Ravens right now. Like, they get, you know, they, 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 with a win, they'll go to 7-3. But, man, man, it just, like, they're kind of like the Giants. Like, they, they just... They're like the Giants, like they get they get W's, but man, it's just not looking it's not looking smooth at all, in my opinion. So, um, you know, uh, I think the Ravens get their seventh win. I don't think it's necessarily pretty, but I mean, Carolina's offense with Baker, it's just, I mean, listen, if PJ Walker wasn't hurt, I, I feel like Carolina would go back to PJ Walker, and it's not like PJ Walker were setting the world on fire, but. It's still looking better uh, than what Baker's uh, putting on tape because that dude's timing is completely off with everyone in that offense, and everyone knows it. Uh, next up, uh, we got Chicago and Atlanta. This is 
the sneaky game, in my opinion. I know folks want to talk about the Broncos. I mean, the, uh, I mean, not the Broncos. The, they want to talk about uh, Buffalo and Cleveland. But to me, the Chicago-Atlanta game is the sneaky one that folks aren't paying enough attention to. The Bears uh, and Falcons, it's a 48.5 total. I think we go over here, and realistically, I think the Bears might actually be able to win this one. Uh, you know, this was a three and a half line um, in favor of the Falcons. It's gone down to two and a half. Um, you might be able to get two in some shops for Atlanta. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's like, uh, uh, as long as you can get it uh, to that uh, two and a half reach, because. While I do think the Bears can win it, Atlanta's won so many of these close games by a field goal that, realistically, if you can get that line to three or less, you know, I'd be okay with betting uh, the Falcons. But Justin Fields has been trying to do it all on his own. He's been scrambling. He's been finding uh, Daryl Mooney. Um, You know, uh, he's been getting uh, Cole Komet. The Bears for reasons that I still can't fathom. With all the wide receivers that were available in the trade market, Brandon Cooks would have been a tremendous fit on this team. They trade for Chase Claypool. With using the picks that they got from Brokon Smith, no less. They trade for Chase Claypool. A guy who does pretty much the same things as Mooney, but worse. I don't I don't understand the Bears and how they evaluate their talent, but they need to fire their GM. <laughs> like, it, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Bears are in rebuild mode, but the fact that they wasted uh, their teardown attempt uh, on the roster and traded for Chase Claypool still doesn't make any sense because Claypool does not make that wide receiver core significantly better because he does a lot of the same things Moody does. Just not as well. It, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I think Chicago still moves the ball. Uh, thanks to Fields' uh, design run plays that they finally incorporated into the offense over the past month. I mean, that's the reason why Fields has been as effective as he has been his design runs. And that's been allowing to open up the passing lanes to get to the likes of Mooney and uh, Cole Komet in the seams. So I definitely like uh, the Bears when you concentrate the offense to those three players. Now, I know folks are going to be focusing in on uh, uh, David Montgomery against the Atlanta defense because the the Falcons do give up chunks of yards on the ground. But I just want to point out something to folks here. If you look at the rushing props across the sports books. David Montgomery's rushing prop is 68 and a half yards. Justin Fields' rushing prop is 70 and a half in most places. And some places you might even get at 72 and a half, which obviously you don't want to be betting at that. You want to get it at the 70 and a half number. But just to put it into context, there are higher props for Justin Fields rushing to David Montgomery. If Justin Fields is running the ball, that means David Montgomery isn't running ball. They, they are directly negatively correlated. It's like uh, when Justin Fields is scrambling, David Montgomery is not getting rushing yards. Uh, you know, to me, 
the 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 issue is as long as you think Justin Fields is going to be able to scramble on this Falcons defense, David Montgomery is not a good play from a rushing standpoint. And I know people are trying to jam him in for DFS, and obviously you have to, you know, from a starting perspective in regular fantasy, yeah, you you still have to consider David Montgomery uh, a running back too. But there are definitely dudes you should be rostering ahead of David Montgomery. I, like I, I don't, I don't think this is a gimme spot. And you know, to me, it's a dangerous spot with David Montgomery. There's a real chance David Montgomery gets less than seventy yards uh, rushing today. I, I don't even think it's that crazy. Uh, you know, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't be betting this. Uh, a prop today. I, I I would bet the fields uh, rushing prop because the design run plays, but it's the David Montgomery rushing prop that I, I got a hard time seeing. Like the 68 and a half, I, I think that's more than fair. I, I think he's probably in the low 60s, just to be honest. Like, even with him getting uh, like a rushing touchdown, I, you know, is it enough? Yeah. You know, I guess it's certain formats if it's standard league, but because he's not catching a ton of passes, you know, I think in PPR leagues, uh, Montgomery's a bench, uh, uh, in my opinion. And for a DraftKings, especially with uh, point per reception, I, I just don't, I don't get David Montgomery as a play. I get he's 6,100. But I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't see how David Montgomery is a better play than playing someone like Jamal Williams who gets automatic goal line work uh, for the Lions and doesn't have to worry about his QBs running it in for a touchdown. Because that's the thing. It's like, even in the red zone, Justin Fields could still scramble in for a touchdown and negate David Montgomery... um, in the red zone, I, I think you know Jamal Williams is the, right there at six k. Yeah, I know uh, DeAndre Swift is there, but like Jamal Williams gets the goal line work. Not that I think Jamal Williams is a great play against the Giants, because and we'll get to that game next. Um, it's just more of the fact that if both guys are running, and I think they're both going to be around sixty yards rushing. I'd rather have the guy who's a safer goal line play uh, head-to-head. And from a DFS standpoint, I think Jamal Williams makes more sense than David Montgomery. I mean, that's just kind of how I look at uh, the game. In terms of the Falcons side, uh, Cordero Patterson is back uh, and healthy now for the Falcons. Um, But he's going to be splitting carries with Tyler Algier. Uh, I am not a fan of... uh, Drake London in this offense, I think Atlanta just keeps, you know, they keep uh, trying to diversify the passing tree with Marcus Mariota. So, you know, Kyle Pitts doesn't get uh, nearly as much work as he should. Um, they'll take some random shots at Demir Bird. They'll throw out Zakay. Like, they just don't really focus on anyone. So it's not a, a, it's not a condensed route tree where you can get value on the Falcon side. So I'd rather just fade everyone on the Falcons 
Um, I know people want to play Kyle Pitts because tight end is so bad, and he's only 4,400 on DraftKings. Um, it's 5,500 on FanDuel. I, I Believe me, I get the play. But we've seen Kyle Pitts continue to fail in this offense. I just don't think he gets enough work to get there. So, uh, to me, I, I think uh, Pitts is a fade. Next up, my Giants hosting the Lions. People so excited about the Giants this year, 7-2. and two. Momentum. Uh, we got the Thanksgiving Day game against the Cowboys. People are saying we should be able to beat this Lions team. One of the, uh, the worst rushing defense in the league. Three and a half fate point favorites. I, I have concerns with, with the Giants overlooking the Lions. I'm not saying the Lions win this game, but you know the way the Giants win games are they usually like tire teams out where teams just don't want to deal with the Giants because of them being able to hang around and just tiring them out. Like that's basically what uh, the Giants do to fatigue teams out. Detroit is another scrappy team. They're like us. They like to scrap. The issue is Detroit hasn't won the close games that the Giants have been able to win. Like, the Giants have been able to win uh, all these tight fourth-quarter games. Detroit has lost all of them, mainly because Jared Goff is terrible as a QB. But I do think Detroit hangs around on this one, and it makes it a bit dangerous. So, to me, everyone's banking on Saquon having a monster game rushing I think Saquon does have a decent day rushing against Detroit. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to preface that by saying Saquon's rushing prop is at 101 and a half yards. Yeah, I think he hits it, but it's close. I don't don't think he has that 150 type game today against the Lions. I, I do think the Lions keep him right in that low 100 so like this is again one of those fair props i'm not i'm not jumping up and down trying to get saquon barkley shares uh in dfs because he is 8900 uh cost wise i I just think saquon needs to put up 130 rushing yards and a couple scores to pay off at 8900 Yeah, am I going to have some game scripts where the Giants do smash the Lions? Yeah, uh, because statistically, they are the worst rush defense. The problem is, the Giants don't smash teams. They play them close, and I think this is just one of those games where you've got a similar team to the Giants. They're just going to hang around, and you, know, you, you just probably don't get a ton out of this game. So... I really don't like anyone in this game, but I did. I, I, I as I said before, if you if you're kind of stuck with running back and you're uh, loaded, locking in David Montgomery, I'd probably say pivot to Tony Pollard or uh, Jamal Williams. And I know folks are going to say, "What about Zeke?" I don't give a damn about Zeke. We'll talk about that game later, um, but. Uh, 
the the issue is I you know I, I think uh, Jamal Williams gets the goal line carries. He's not going to run for a ton of yards. I think the Giants defense does a pretty solid job run wise. I know the the stats don't show it, but part of the reason why is that you know they've been stuck having to deal with Zeke and Tony Pollard. Uh, uh, they, they they had that aberration game with the the Cowboys running up and down on them, and they had to deal with the Ravens. Like, the Giants' rush defense stats don't look stellar, but if you look at the teams that they played, they played some of the uh, 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 most run-heavy teams, and they were able to shut down Houston last week with uh, Damian Pierce. So I, I, I look at it from the standpoint of this is a whole lot of nothing kind of game. I'm, I'm not going crazy here. Next up. The Jets travel to Foxborough to play New England. I'm just going to say this. I would play the defenses. I would play Ramond Dre Stevenson because of the volume he's going to get um, with carries. Uh, Damian Harris seems to have been phased out of this offense um, by uh, the, the Patriots. Uh, but the total is 38. Vegas doesn't think this game scores. I think it gets close to 38. I think you probably get more scores out of this game than you do out of the Carolina-Baltimore um, game. Although, actually, I shouldn't say that because Baltimore, um, I do expect them to score more than the Patriots. But um, I do think the Jets score more points than uh, Carolina. Um, just from the standpoint of I think there uh, there's opportunities to, be, to make plays. Um, Garrett Wilson, uh, continues to get targeted by the Jets. Uh, Michael Carter, solid enough as a running back, but the Jets really need to mix in the pass game. So I do think they're going to work in Elijah Moore, uh, he who demanded the trade, as well as Denzel Mims, who demanded the trade before Elijah Moore, uh, did. But I I think those guys in the doghouse are going to be put to use just because of the injuries the Jets have. And a wide receiver court, no Corey Davis today. Um, on the New England side, I, I just like Stevenson, not much else. I think the total kind of says it all. Don't go crazy about this game. Play the defenses. Um, the Jets are 2,900. I think the Patriots are um, 3,400 uh, or so um, on DraftKings. So, like, they're, they're a little bit more pricier, but uh, it's still... Not a crazy cost in terms of uh, of uh, some of these matchups. I, I just think that uh, there's just not a ton going on in this one. So um, let's keep moving. Next up, New Orleans hosting the Rams. I don't get this line. Um, I know New Orleans sucks, but we we got to talk about the Rams here because the line's two and a half. Matt. Stafford just came out of concussion protocol. This offensive line still sucks. The Saints defense is pretty solid at home. When they keep putting pressure on Stafford, do you really think Stafford is going to like say, "Yeah, yeah, we're going to rally together." Like there's no Cooper Cup. Like the the Rams season is all but over ended by the 49ers last week. I, I you know, I don't expect the Rams to pack it in, but if they go down double digits, I don't see them coming back. Uh, they're just, they don't run the ball well. 
They don't have anyone to stretch the defense without Cooper Cup. And even with Cooper Cup, they still weren't stretching defenses because Cooper Cup isn't fast. They don't have OBJ. They don't have a, a speedy burner. Like, I, like, there's just so much dysfunction within the Rams receiving core because none of the guys can really stretch uh, secondaries. I mean, they, they might just, like, line up uh, like some of the random practice squad players who can run fast to uh, run routes, go routes, because they got to do something. I just don't, like, Van Jefferson, I, I keep telling folks, and people keep asking me about Van Jefferson, I think Van Jefferson is either in uh, Sean McVay's doghouse or the the Rams don't believe that he's actually um, healthy because he's just not getting, it doesn't look like he's getting uh, the looks or targets from staff. Like, uh, the Rams are a mess. Uh, I'm just going to say that. And the Saints still have Alvin Kamara. So as long as they have Kamara, they can just keep peppering Kamara with targets as bad as Andy Dalton is, I think, I think, I honestly think it's that's just enough to carry the day, and they kind of go from there. But uh, I, I have no interest in this game outside of Kamara because th- there's just not much there. Even the Saints' defense is three uh, K. You can play them, but uh, I think there are other options that are cheaper that can kind of uh, go towards. I'm going to talk about one of them. Um, just now, but, uh, just, uh, ugly game in general, in my opinion, but I think the Saints cover, uh, this, uh, two and a half point spread, uh, pretty, uh, uh, pretty effectively. I, I, I don't get this line about, uh, it coming back to the Rams side of things. I I think the Saints actually win this one outright and, um, cover. Next up, we've got... <laughs> I mean, Davis Mills and the Texans. I I mean, Davis Mills, he keeps sliding under the radar as the worst QB that continues to start games in the NFL. And, you know, at a certain point, the Texans have got to draft another QB. But in the interim, Davis Mills keeps starting games. Um, if you watched the Giants last week, the Giants were not playing well. The Texans should have won that game, and Davis Mills just found ways to lose that game. Um, I think this is the easiest bet of the week. I am taking uh, the Commanders to cover, and I think this one is pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, um, truth be told, like the game line was like about uh, it's like uh, forty-two and a half. Not much scoring expected, but I think similar to Carolina, I think the Commanders are gonna just shut down this uh, dysfunctional offense with a QB that really struggles under pressure. Uh, and you know, Brandon Cooks was demanding a trade. You know, sat out because he didn't get traded. Uh, like, I don't see the offense coming from. Uh, the Houston side. I think this is all Washington, and it basically just leads up to uh, Taylor Heineke just kind of doing like journeyman type things, <laughs> like he is, like just uh, game managing. I don't think it's a like a 
250-plus-yard passing game. I think it's probably, you know, he does his 200. Um, he does his little fist pump thing. And then they just run the ball, and they'll just run it with Brian Robinson because he's their uh, every-down back for running. And then Gibson's their third-down back for passing. I think it's just, you know, they run it down. They wear out Houston. They are... If it's either Detroit or Houston, I, I think I think it's Detroit's the worst run defense and Houston's second worst. But regardless, I, I think the Commanders just uh, uh, you know keep running it on them, and I, I just don't see much of anything coming out of this game. I wouldn't go too crazy with uh, uh, the passing options. Uh, I I do think uh, Curtis Samuel. Can't put up numbers just the way you would expect out of Terry McLaurin. But to me, it's the uh, running backs for Washington. And I like the Washington defense the most uh, this week. They are cheap. You can use them uh, in season long because they're not... No one's really... uh, No one's really uh, picking up uh, the Washington defense. They're 3,100 on DraftKings. 4K on FanDuel. I I think this is uh, one of the best defensive options that you could use all week. As I said, Davis Mills, terrible QB. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be bad. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's he's flat out terrible. All right, so the game of the early afternoon, we've got the Bills hosting the Browns. This was supposed to be played in Buffalo. It's uh, you had a blizzard in Buffalo. They had sixty inches of snow. Yes, Buffalo had sixty inches of snow. No, don't ask me why upstate New York is so weird because we did not get snow. It's an upstate thing. Um, it, it you know parts of the tri-state area did, but it was like three inches at most in some some parts. Three inches is very different than sixty. <laughs> I'm just going to say, but this line was 41 and a half and within three minutes of the announcement that it was being moved from Buffalo to Detroit because the Bills played the Lions on Thanksgiving, it got moved to Detroit. I mean, this line moved to 50 and a half because they're playing in a dome and everyone thinks that it's going to shoot out crazy in the dome. I loved this game when it was a snow game because I knew Nick Chubb was going to be able to run for days against the Bills' uh, defense in the snow because the defenders are going to have trouble with their footing and it's more advantage goes to the ball carrier in snow games. I thought this was a tremendous Nick Chubb spot. Now, not so much. This is a passing game um, scenario. I think this kind of comes down to how does uh, how does Buffalo look throwing the ball? Because Josh Allen has that UCL injury. People keep talking about like uh, you know his mistakes and he's making. I think Allen's. This is again another case of he's he's hurt. Is he truly completely injured? He's not completely injured, but he's definitely hurt, and it's affecting his accuracy. Uh, you know, 
I still like the Bills' offense. Don't get me wrong. But we've seen the Bills struggle in spots where you expect them to score a ton of points. I don't like the Bills to cover the 8.5 spread. With that being said, I do expect the Bills to win this game. Now, in terms of how the game plays out, this is where it kind of gets interesting. Because when you start looking at the props, Devin Singletary has multiple rushing props that are all in the 50s from a, a rushing standpoint. From a receiving standpoint, you then get into between Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis because uh, Gabe Davis, his receiving props are in the mid-50s. Stefan Diggs is at 89.5. Unless you think Josh Allen is clearing over 300 yards passing, it's going to be hard for all those props to hit. Because you still got, he's still going to throw to Dawson Knox. He's still going to throw a couple of passes to Isaiah McKenzie. So the Bills offense, and that's uh, that's the long and short of it. Like You're still going to get these games where, yes, if it goes incredibly crazy and you get uh, a 55 to 60 total, yeah, everyone's going to succeed. But I will say we've seen the Bills struggle in these spots at times. And when they struggle, only one guy's going to get there. So to me, I don't think the Bills are necessarily the stacking play that everyone thinks they are. I think it's you play, you're you playing at least one of them. And ideally, you're playing uh, you're playing J- uh, Josh Allen with one of them, whether it be uh, Dawson Knox or Diggs. I, and when I say, and this is in tournaments for uh, DFS, if you're playing more of a cash build where you, or you're just trying to get to min cash, I don't have an issue playing Dawson Knox with Stefan Diggs or Dawson Knox with Gabe Davis. I have a big problem if you're playing Diggs and Gabe Davis together. I think that's we've seen it too many times. Like Allen does doesn't uh, get there unless he's throwing for north of 350 yards and closer to 400 yards. I, you know, and if this game gets into the high 50s and to, or 60s, yeah, he could that could happen. But I think he's probably going to be in that close to 300 range. I don't think he breaks 300. And that's that's the part that has me concerned with Josh Allen. Because to me, with Allen, he's also going to scramble. So when he scrambles, obviously, he's not chucking the ball. And so the yardage props, because, and that's the thing. Josh Allen's passing props are in this high 270. So that scenario I just talked about, even the odds makers are saying he's not getting to 300. So if he's not getting to 300, I don't see 
the the mouths getting fed here. I think you're gonna have to make a choice uh, between the guys in high uh, in in uh, GPPs for DFS purposes. Now, for regular fantasy, you're starting all of them. You just have to understand that there's a real chance that uh, some of them are gonna struggle so badly that it you're gonna wish you hadn't played them, but. In this spot, you don't know who's going to get the work. So you're just going to have to live with it. On the Cleveland side, you know they're going to try to run the ball with Chubb. But if the Bills jump on them, this is a Donovan Peoples-Jones game. And I, the reason why I say that is that uh, if you and you follow Amari Cooper's career, his home and road splits are absolutely awful. Um, you know, he's great at home, terrible on the road. Yes, it's a dome, but it's not as though uh, Amari Cooper has had the best games, uh, like in dome. So, it's like even when he was playing for the Cowboys, he'd have good, decent home games, but even road games in domes, he wasn't great. So, I, I just, I just struggle with uh, Amari Cooper, and I think. With spacing, I think Dalvin Peoples-Jones um, has a solid game. And again, the receiving props for Peoples-Jones, he's in the mid-50s, I mean mid-40s. Uh, Amari Cooper's in the mid-60s. I'd rather take the receiving prop for Dalvin Peoples-Jones than um, Amari Cooper. But they could both get there in the trailing script for the Browns where Jacoby Brissett is just chucking the entire game. So, it's certainly possible. So, that does it for the early window. Uh, We're going to take a quick break uh, for the sponsors. And then we're going to get into uh, the afternoon games. And then uh, start talking about Sunday Night Football. So, uh, stay tuned, folks. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. Alright, so we are back. I didn't realize I forgot one early game, and it was the Eagles and the Colts. So, just Saturday's second game, fresh off of beating the Raiders, which doesn't really count. Now he plays the Eagles, who lost on Monday Night Football, it's a short turnaround for the Eagles. Uh, you know, they got manhandled by the Commanders. And, you know, Indy's physical as well. Like, this is not a gimme matchup for the Eagles on the road. It's a 7.5 point uh, spread they have to cover. This could get dicey. Even though I keep telling you guys, Wash Ryan is going to make mistakes. Uh, but... This is one of those where the Eagles, I could see them struggle early, have a strong second half, but I think this is more A.J. Brown kind of pissed off about how Monday night went for him, and, you know, he gets the ball fed early and often from uh, Jalen Hurts, and the the Eagles kind of take care of business. I, I think they try to jump on 
the Colts early and go from there. But, uh, you know, I, I don't have a ton of interest in the game. I, I do think that the Colts uh, make an interesting teaser team because I could see the Colts being in teasers where I tease uh, the Colts line um, to push it uh, closer to uh, 12 and a half to 13 and tease it with uh, teams like Carolina, te- tease it with uh, the likes of the Bears. And, uh, you know, and you can probably tease it with the Browns, too. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think those are interesting teams that you could throw into two-team teasers. And, you know, maybe a three-team teaser, but they'll go crazy, folks. But um, it's just one of those things where I I, I, I look at it as, uh, you know, the Colts can cover this game. I expect Philly to win, but uh, I don't think they smash uh, them at all um moving on let's get into the afternoon window vegas going to denver to play the broncos in mile high man these teams suck they absolutely suck i mean uh between nathaniel hackett and josh mcdaniels both these guys should have been fired a month ago the raiders are just cash strapped to the point where they can't fire Josh McDaniels even if they wanted to. So, honestly, I know no one's going to agree with this, but I think the Raiders should just turn this into a reality show of, can you outcoach Josh McDaniels on a Sunday where you just grab random celebrities, you just had Jeff Saturday outcoach him, but the Raiders just do uh, a different celebrity each week. It's like you have like a, a David Hasselhoff, you could... You could get a, a Luke Bryan, a, like like you get random cele- celebrities, maybe a Blake Shelton now that he's leaving The Voice. Uh, you, you grab all those random ass celebrities and have them coach the Raiders because they can't do that much of worse of a job than Josh McDaniels. And, you know, you, you generate some revenue for the team because uh, if you're that cash poor that you can't fire Josh McDaniels, you got to think of other ways of getting rid of the dude because uh, this team has a talent and completely being mismanaged. Same goes for the Broncos. Uh, you know, I expect the Broncos to win, but man, both these teams are done for the year. Um, no matter how you shake it, uh, th- there's just too much work to be done to catch up to the Chiefs. Uh, just two of the biggest disappointments in the NFL this year are both of these squads, and both these coaches should have been fired ages ago. Um, from a fantasy perspective, I had to look for contributions out of Josh Jacobs. Um, on the Denver side, the receiver core is banged up, so folks are going to be looking at Cortland Sutton. But, you know, Russ has been struggling running this offense with uh, – Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, I just think Hackett's offense is broken and needs to get shut down by just taking away his key card access. I, I just, I don't understand this situation with Denver. They have the money to pay and buy out uh, Hackett's contract. It doesn't make any sense to me. This was a Super Bowl contending team that they had planned, and it's just gone completely off the rails, and it's at the feet of the coaching staff. The, you can blame Russ all you want, but it's just not a good offense that he's trying to run. 
Next up, Cincinnati going to Pittsburgh, play the Steelers. Cincinnati, uh, three and a half point favorites. Uh, total isn't great. Um, it's a 39 and a half. I look at Joe Mixon, and that's about it in this game. I, I, I you know, the passing attack with Joe Burrow and T. Higgins hasn't clicked the way people would have expected with uh, Jamar Chase being out with injury. Uh, it's just not looking, not looking great. So, um, I just don't have any interest in this team because the Steelers, you know, Steelers fans should be grateful for Mike Tomlin keeping them somewhat relevant because this should be one of the worst teams in the league, and at least they compete in most games. But I mean, Kenny Pickett just looks rough. He's not making proper reads. He can he can throw, but he makes a ton of bad reads it, it's i i just don't see the steelers winning many games uh moving forward this year like this just it this is a bad football team it, that, that's just no if ads buts about it in the matchup of the week we got dallas traveling to minnesota to play the vikings i'm gonna say this it's kirk cousins it's not quite prime time, but it's out of 1 p.m., so that means people are going to be watching Kirk Cousins. That means Kirk Cousins is going to be on autopilot mode and just just completely tank this game. I think the Cowboys win this game. Um, it ain't going to be clean because the Cowboys seem insistent on playing Zeke, even though Tony Pollard's clearly the better running back. Um... I think if Pollard actually got real touches, like 18-20, he'd be a consistent 100-plus yard rusher every single week. But he's got slow-ass Zeke holding him back. Uh, I just I just shake my head because this Dallas team could be way more dangerous with a few tweaks, and I hope that they don't figure it out, but... I think Dallas beats Minnesota and gives them their second loss of the year. I, I, you know, I know people want to play Justin Jefferson, but you know the Cowboys' defense is aggressive, and this is the kind of team that can give Kirk Cousins fits because they're gonna Michael Parsons is gonna bring up uh, bring the pressure, and it's gonna force Kirk to throw before he's ready, and he when he throws before he's ready, he throws picks, and I, I just. I just think this plays out well for the Dallas defense, uh, just truth be told. Next up, Sunday Night Football. Chiefs, Chargers. Chiefs home game, essentially, because it's in L.A. and the Chargers have no fans, so uh, it should be more Chiefs fans there um, to make it a home game. Uh, Mahomes going for 25 straight division wins. Uh, or was it, no, I think it's 25 straight wins in, uh, in the months of, uh, November, December, which is a crazy stat when you think about it. Um, just how long it's been to, uh, it just, uh, how many games he wins in the second half of the year. Um, but it's like the division wins in a row against teams. I, I just think 
the Chiefs are a better squad than the Chargers. The Chargers have the talent to beat the Chiefs, but they always find ways of missing an execution. It's part of the reason why I think uh, Brandon Staley is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. And I will keep saying it, uh, you know, eventually it's going to sink in with folks. But uh, to me, I think it's the Chiefs. They probably cover the five and a half spread. The total, I do think it, it's uh, it's low because it, it's a uh, fifty three total. I think these teams break through that uh, just because of the offensive firepower. Y- y- I mean, Kelsey owns the Chargers, as does Mahomes. I think the Chiefs put up numbers and. With uh, Justin Herbert getting um, Keenan Allen back along with Mike Williams, I think it just makes that Chargers pass attack even more dangerous. I think they put up points against the Chiefs, but um, you know we'll, we'll see how the game goes. But I expect the Chiefs to win and win um, with uh, with putting up points on the board. So um, just a uh, Good offense in general to target uh, for showdown. So I'll definitely look at Kadarius Tony and um, Travis Kelsey quite a bit. And then, you know, I'm probably not going to get to a Monday night uh, football showdown. But uh, the 49ers and Cardinals are playing in Mexico City. Uh, high altitude uh, with these Mexico City games. I expect San Fran to just run it down Arizona's throat. Um, we're going to see how uh, the Cardinals hold up because I, I think um, the pressure for the 49ers can cause the Cardinals to wilt and kind of quit on the game. We're going to see what the Cardinals are made of because uh, it's not as though the Cardinals are having a great year. Uh, they're 4-6. and six. Another loss basically ends their year. Uh, the 49ers definitely need this win because they're 5-4. and four. Um, So, you know, the Cards are fighting to kind of stay in the division um, this year. But I, I, I expect uh, the 49ers just to break them uh, and just run it with CMC. Uh, they, they have Debo there. They, they're just going to throw bodies at the Cardinals defense and I I just think that in the second half it's going to take their toll especially in the conditions where you're going to be at altitude I think guys are going to start getting tired on the Arizona side in the second half and it's just going to lead to more um, run gashes uh, later on in the game so um, to me I'm definitely back in the San Fran side uh, and expect them to cover so uh, that's going to do it for uh, this uh, NFL week. Uh, so uh, much appreciated uh, listening in, folks. But uh, until next time, uh, stick around uh, to future episodes and uh, more uh, more to come regarding the World Cup uh, with uh, the recordings I got going on uh, for that competition. And uh, so until next time, plenty of sports to uh, keep track of, uh, but, uh, until next time, have a good one and I'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. 
Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. 